Hey guys, welcome to a special Hall Pass episode of We Weren't Friends in High School with Leslie McNitt, aka Leslie Weber. This is a unreleased part of the podcast from her episode of 205, where we talked at length about music. It started with Leslie's story about going to the Lauren Hill Outcast concert, and we just kind of kept going. And there was so much of the podcast with Leslie that most of this ended up not making the show. So this is the rest of our conversation about music, talking about our connections to other classmates and and singing more songs and just a lot of fun. So I knew that once I put the podcast out that I wanted to be able to include more of that conversation. And of course, me being a huge music fan and finding out that Leslie was such a huge music fan, this is one of the more fun parts of the conversation that I definitely wanted to release. So with the one year anniversary of We Weren't Friends in High School, I thought it'd be a good time to release this for everybody that missed it on the YouTube channel. Don't forget tomorrow, youtube.com slash redshirtplayer, the reunion special. Okay, enjoy this Hall Pass episode with Leslie McNitt, a.k.a. Leslie Weber. In high school, did you have like, um, I, I've gotten away from this a little bit, but I am curious about it. And I feel like when I miss it in episodes, they go, oh, God, I didn't ask. But, you know, I'm such a, I'm such a pop culture nerd, but did you have like a favorite, a favorite band, a favorite group, favorite music artist? I'm so glad you asked this because this has not been covered in a podcast yet. And I feel like all my girlfriends are going to be like, oh, yeah. We were all like obsessed with the miseducation of Lauryn Hill in high school. I've loved hip hop since I can remember. Like, I think since I was like... I remember being in Illinois when I was like eight or nine. I remember hearing Rex and Effects for the first time. Bless you. Yes. I hearing Poison for the first time on B96. Like I, I, um, Lauren Hill was like everything to me. Um, wow. We like burned the shit out of that CD. We uh, went to the concert. Wait, we went to the concert the wait. week of my 16th birthday in Upper Darby at the Tower Theater. We went yeah. to the whole concert and Outcast opened for Lauren Hill and they brought us onto their tour bus to drink with them in the intermission. <laughs> oh, I feel like Alicia told this story. Was it you and Lindsay? It was me and Lindsay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, th- I think Alicia told this story and I took it out because it wasn't her story and I didn't want to put it yeah. out. I didn't want to put it out there in case you guys were completely okay with it. But yeah, you hung out with, with Andre with, 3000. No. Oh. No. We hung out with Big Boy. Oh. Boy and Andre had two different buses because Andre was sober. They called his bus the church bus. And Big Boy, that's where all the shenanigans went on, was on Big Boy's bus, okay? This is still the coolest I've ever been, was like this moment. So, um, yeah, so we went to the Tower Theater. We went to this concert. We were so obsessed with Lauren Hill. I love that. We were also obsessed with Outkast, like Bombs Over Baghdad and like Rosa Parks. Like, we were obsessed with Outkast. We were obsessed with DMX. I was obsessed with like Lil' Kim and Foxy. Oh yeah, um, Elana. Yeah, and uh, like one I, thing for sure, I'll be. That's yeah, obsessed. Eve, obsessed. Crush on you um, remix. What? The crush on you remix. 
Yeah, I mean, like. No, you see me on the video. True. True. Yeah. Every, like. I just, like, I still, the music from our high school days is still, and middle school is, like, still my favorite. Like, I just put, like, Ja Rule Radio on Pandora and, like, let it go. (laughs) So, this is really funny. Before the podcast started, I was like, I wonder where, I was like, what's my impression of, of, of Leslie before this podcast? And I was like, I feel like she could like put on like, like she would just like put on some Lauren Hill or some shit or like get a superstar and just like rock out. And like, that's her vibe. That's literally what I was yeah. to myself like 15 minutes before we connected and we started like. And we haven't talked about music, but just the vibe that I've gotten from you of talking That's to you. That's so funny. And on Zoom, I was like, I feel like, yeah, like like some like 99, 2000s hip hop would definitely yeah. be like her style and just like rock out to that. And I've nailed it. When, when my, when we brought my daughter home from the radio or from the hospital, the first song she ever heard in her life was Hypnotized. Like, <laughs> she, like, she has grown up, she, she has grown up with so much hip hop in her life. She knows who Biggie is. She knows, like, lyrics to, like, Lizzo songs. Like, she loves Lizzo. Um, but we, like, yeah, that's just, that's funny, because I think you're going to be, like, a, like, basic bitch. <laughs> No. So Lauren Hill was our shit. If you if you have your yearbook and you look at my quote senior year, it was a lyric from Lauren Hill's secret song at the end of the miseducation of Lauren Hill. And I don't have my yearbook. I just remember it. I remember it like First that. of all, this looks like you. Does it? It looks like you. You look like her. Thanks. I guess. <laughs> and deep in my heart, the answer, it was in me. And I made up my mind to define my own, my own destiny. Yep. Lauren Hill. Yep. She was everything. And she did not, like, we were not her target demographic. She made that abundantly clear. Yeah, but I <laughs> will never forget that concert was, like, one of the coolest experiences. And uh, partying with Big Boy and Donnie, his drummer, was who Not was like deep in the crevassier like that was fun as shit and then no. they like tried to take us to atlantic city with them and then we were like no we gotta go back in the concert and they gave us paper plates and they signed our paper plates and then at the end we like went up to the front and like lauren hill signed our paper plates and i would literally give my left boob if i could find that paper plate but i didn't keep it i know i know because she did an encore like she did an encore and we went to the front for the encore and it was such an amazing concert and like um the i still the music that we grew up with is like everything to me so lauren hill's the the artist she's the artist but we listened we wore the shit out of dmx's album yes um i love like a diss track too so actually so why my boyfriend my sophomore year chris had come from southern california he was new so he got me really yeah. into Tupac and NWA. Hit Him Up is my favorite diss track of all time. Um, but I'm a bad boy girl for life. So that's like my, like I love and respect like Tupac and Dre and like 
Easy and Snoop Dogg, but I'm so East Coast, like in every fucking way. And I loved, like, I loved, like, everything bad boy. I loved everything bad boy. Boy, we were the exact same. I think really? we might have should have dated in high school. <laughs> so Ray was hard. I knew two people in my life that were in my life, but two people in my world that were like, like hardcore Tupac. Ray, who was my best friend, and Adam Salter. No shit. Oh, I know that because Adam dated Tara. Adam was like way into music, way knowledgeable. Adam was selling bootleg tapes, cassette tapes of Tupac, <laughs> of like two unreleased Tupac songs. And I bought one from Adam for Ray for Christmas. So like Ray and I used to listen to Tupac all the time. Yeah. But I was like you, I was in East Coast. I was a bad boy. Like when you mentioned yeah. Foxy and Lil' Kim, like I right away, like Crush on You and Il Nana and all that shit was like, that was all me. I was very East Coast. But when Tupac was doing Hit Em Up, and that's still like on my gym mix, when I used yeah. to go to the gym, like hit Okay, you know another one that doesn't get considered a diss track, but I feel like it should, that is like also one of my favorite songs, Another, with Lil' Kim and Biggie. I need another bit. Funny story. High school so fun. That is, that is my song with Katie Pollins. I have nothing else in life with Katie Pollins. I don't have a song with other people in the world that I have no connection to. But I Katie haven't heard Pollins, her in so long. She was cool as shit. Katie Pollins is at the Lucky Well in Ambler. Check her out. Great barbecue spot. They're probably doing <laughs> delivery. Yeah, check okay. her out. She's there uh, waitressing when they had tables. But yeah, he and I were very into another... And if I passed her in the hallway or she came in a Wawa when I was in college, and yeah. no matter where we are, I, you know, she used to work at the Village Tavern. If I saw Katie Pollins randomly anywhere in life, if I start going, what do you do when your man is untrue? Yeah. She would hop right in and and kick it off. And, and like that was our song for some reason together. And she- Shout out to Katie Pollins. Yo. That's amazing. Uh, she was so eclectic and cool and just like perceptive and intuitive. Like she was really cool. That's I'm so glad to hear that. Oh, I haven't thought about her in years. Yeah. And that's so awesome. Yeah. That song is, that song's a shit. Um, and then we got really into Eminem later too. Me really too. Eminem. Yeah. Marshall Mathers LP. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, and so I watched um, the Dr. Dre uh, special that came out, that, like, multi-series documentary. And the Inconceivable Ones or the... Dude, it was awesome. Best documentary maybe that's ever been done. He's a genius. And, like, getting into his head and just, like, I, I just... I just... Um, wow, it blew my mind there was so much going on behind the scenes that I wasn't aware of in his career and in his like process. The defiant ones. I had to look it up. It was, I think my mom watched it too. Like it was, uh, it was amazing. It's one of the, it's probably the best cinema cinematic documentaries I've ever seen. You know, when you're seeing the footage of Dr. Dre in the rainstorm, listening to 
uh, I want to say like nine inch nails or something like that. Like, and he's like, Oh yeah, I love this. Like, and he's just like, it's just, and yeah. you're seeing like the zoom in, like the production on it looks like something that someone who created beats would have done. It, yeah. it just, it looked great. It didn't change my perspective on anything. It clued me in a lot more on Jimmy Iovine, who I knew. I didn't know about him at all. And it like was, blew my mind. I just thought he was the white guy, the money man in Interscope. I never knew yeah. about his 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 um, production in the 70s at all. So really, like, all that was, like, it was bonus to the Dr. Dre story. And then when you're seeing footage of, like, Suge Knight playing football – on Thanksgiving at, at, at Jimmy Iovine's house, you just go, yo, this dude killed Your head explodes. And, okay, do you know who Jimmy Iovine's wife is? No. She wrote What to Expect When You're Expecting. They're divorced now. He's remarried. But I think I was pregnant at the time because I was like, my head was like exploding because I think I was like reading her book and watching this shit. I was like, <laughs> it was super, it was just like, it was really, yeah, it was really well done. And like, I don't have, um, I'm a content person, you know, I go right like the bullet points, like what's, what's the bottom line. I'm not really good at noticing the aesthetics. Like he, like this, you know, um, that's my blind spot, but I just thought it was, so I don't, I, I don't have a full appreciation for the cinematic you know, quality. I wish I did. I'm like, so unartistic you know but i find um, i find that it's i find that it's there people just don't know how to express it so like i moved by music i moved by words i moved by sounds i'm not uh visual doesn't move me but the glossiness of the documentary in general the way that the way like things that i notice are like a are a thing probably just look normal to you, but are appealing in the normal way. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed like juxtaposition, like you got to hit me over the head with it to see stuff like that. But I, I thought it was brilliant. I was like, yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite documentaries, docu-series, whatever of all time. That was really, really well done. And I love when, like, I think that, um, I think like what tells me that someone is a true artist is when I see artists I respect, like really getting into other genres mm. and appreciating it for the art and the quality. And like you, when, when you see someone appreciate like music that is so different than the music they themselves produce, but they, I just like get off on that. Like it, I just feel like it's this like amazing club and appreciation. And I just think it's the coolest thing ever. I think it was Nirvana that Dr. Dre is listening to in in the documentary where he's yeah. where he's just like the the drums or whatever that when you said that the genre like I was like yeah it's something like it's Nirvana I think he's listening to where he's just like I fucking love this album and it's like pouring rain and he's rocking out to that and I like when people defy their category that they're placed in and it's like I just appreciate when people like break the rules and break the mold and like defy logic and stereotype and like do different shit, which is like kind of an antithesis to like who I am and how I approach high school. But it's uh, maybe that's why I appreciate it because I think it takes such balls and it takes like such belief in what you do and in your art form. It's awesome. But you also couch a lot of that with maturity. 
you cast a lot of your your comfort your comfortability with maturity in that. For me, for yeah. me, but I think for true artists, it's about a deeply held belief and love in their art form. Yeah, but it's not. But it's not looked at in that way at the time. You know, like a quest love probably doesn't have really fun memories of like Philadelphia high school, even though that's where he met like the roots and all that. Yeah. Probably doesn't have great memories of like his classmates and how they treated him in Philly and the band and you know what I mean? Like, you know, I go, I, I think of like Mike Clyburn and my first interview with Mike and, and yeah, black guy that's into band and all that and like I don't know anything about him because I just look at him as like a nerd because he's in band but this dude loves to play fucking music and then he goes oh I fucking love Earth, Wind and Fire and I'm just like whoa I love Earth, Wind and Fire too yeah and that I imagine that as like a had Mike pursued to create music as a profession and done the, the artist suffering and all that who knows but like I feel you know what I mean like I feel like Questlove probably felt that that 30 years ago, people probably weren't like this dude that plays tuba or whatever the fuck he was or drums or whatever he was playing in high school. I don't have commonality with this guy in music. Yeah. Dig out on Al Green. No one was probably thinking about that, about Questlove. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, (laughs) So I also love the roots, but I didn't approve, like I didn't develop a, probably a love for the roots until college. Like I think, they've always had versatility and they've always been able to play for like a fucking college festival or a hip hop show. So maybe not in high school, but I kind of think that they have that flexibility and that bandwidth to like transcend what we would consider different genres. Yes. I think because of their style of play, because they're a jam band. Mm. And so they could be hip hop centric and yeah. work with you know, and bring in the Erica Badu's and the Jill Scotts, yeah, and, and and the Raphael Sadiq's, and work with the most Defs and the Commons and whoever else is in the Talib Kualis and have mm-hmm. that credibility, which is really important in hip hop that a lot of artists don't get. So they can, can they can kind of continue on that path where the, the roots kind of went untouched for years and years and years. Where you, if you didn't go to live shows, you didn't know who the fuck the roots were because yeah. I used to run into Matt Whitteman at the Roots at Roots, no, yeah. Roots shows. Yeah, I ran into Matt Whitteman like in Atlantic City. Nice. At a Roots show. Just like I'm just jamming out and on the dance floor. There's like 80 people in the whole building. And he's just like, Brad? And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. The Roots back then were like a, a group that like didn't have the attention. And no one, it wasn't a, a genre that people were looking for, authentic hip-hop group or versatile hip-hop group. But no one was buying their albums either. Yeah. So what was it that, like, made them pop off? Was it, like, phrenology? Or do you think it was, like, Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon? Fallon? Really? Yeah, Jimmy Fallon. I always thought they were, like, more mainstream than that before Jimmy Fallon. I don't think so. I mean, I always looked at, you know, I was in college radio. Uh, yeah, me too. So, like, I looked at the Roots and the <laughs> Black Eyed Peas yeah. as kind of like this. And the Black but we also listen to, like, Jurassic 5 a lot. Like, yeah, they've that are playing. Powers, powers and Numbers. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all in the same boot, but Black Eyed Peas got furry. And right. they did that Justin Timberlake song. And or no, no, oh no, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Slum Village. Uh, I'm no. thinking of Slum Village or J Five. No, Black Eyed Peas. What's going on? What's uh, what's going on? Isn't that the Justin Timberlake song? No, I'm gonna look this up because I'm not gonna get caught out for having a wrong. Uh, Someone did Jurassic Five did something with Nelly Furtado. I feel like they did. Yeah, yeah. Thin Line. Sounds right. No, where is the love? Yeah, I'm absolutely right. Where is the love? Uh, where is the love? You just said the wrong name. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. where is the love. I, for, I forgot that Justin Timberlake was part of that, to be yeah. honest. So, I like JT a lot, but Black I, Eyed Peas went super pop and kind of catapulted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Fergie and, and their songs. But the Roots never really did that. In fact, when I was in college, the Roots were on tour, the Smoking Grooves tour. Yeah, with, I remember that. With Outkast and yes. Erica Badu. Yes. And maybe Jurassic Five. And was Common part of that? Because yep. like he and Erica Badu were dating. So when we met them at the airport, they were dating. Or Andre Three Thousand and Erica Badu were dating. Were they? One or the other. She and Common were definitely dating. She's got she's got Andre's kid. She does. Yeah. Oh, you don't know that Erica only only dates God MCs. <laughs> yeah. Common, er, uh, Common, Andre, J Electronica. Okay, so uh, she was dating Common when we saw both of them. It was like, because it was like 2000 and they were dating. And when they did, um, what the fuck is the song? Oh my God. Love My Life? Yes. And um, we saw them at the airport. Alicia talked about it on her podcast. And it was like, it's so, like, it was such a funny experience. Yeah, uh, Miss Jackson is about, I think, partially about Erica Badu's mom, I think. Oh, shit. I never knew this. Yeah, but like Andre was the first for Erica and had and she had his baby or she fathered his she fathered her son, whatever. First. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> wow. Okay. Yeah, so that was like my, that. yeah, that was my whole world, like in, in college, and and then now I feel like rap like sucks, <laughs> hip hop sucks. It's it's sporadic. So there's a lot of old guys, old guys. There's a lot of guys from our era that still put out music. You know, when Jay Z puts out an album, of or, course. Uh, G- uh, Jada Kiss and Styles P put out music fairly regularly that I find I don't very keep good. up with music the way I used to because I don't have the time. Jada Kiss and Styles P are two people to put on like your Google alerts for when their albums come out. All right. All right. They're putting out music that for me, for. Does Jada Kiss still go, ha ha? <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> I like his raspy voice though. I do like him. Yep. Those Styles P and Jada Kiss still put out consistent right. music for me. For me. Royce the Five Nine is another guy that, that I enjoy as a grown-up. Okay. Okay. He's Eminem, Eminem's best friend. Yeah, I haven't gotten into him yet. He's got uh he's got some good music out there. So there's like some artists from our generation that I yeah. still I still like kind of keep tabs on to to keep me fresh and then like, oh, I'm good with like Migos. Like I'm good with like Migos. I like Migos. I like Drake. Nah. Oh, really? 
Was it too close to home? It's a, it's a, it might be, yeah, it might be a biracial Jewish thing. I feel like, like, I'll be that. honest. So in college, in college, um, Drake was like, blah, like to me. I didn't listen to him in college. Wasn't he still on Degrassi at that point? Uh, yeah, you might be right. It was like po- right at, right, well, it was probably like late college. Yeah, call, uh, uh, yeah, you're right, right. It's probably like oh eight. I'm real. I'm really bad with like also bad memory. I'm also really bad with like dates, like years. Yeah, Drake. So Drake dropped in like Drake dropped like oh eight probably. Okay, so that was like three years after I graduated college. Yeah, I was never. That was never like. I was never into him. That was never my guy. I couldn't get into it. Oh, I like Drake. He's freaking prolific dude if you like really so i'll never forget i went to this like uh one of my best friends from college who i like also was really into hip-hop marcel actually he's so he's a boss or he's a rhode island guy but he like lives in philly now um uh lived in hoboken and they do this big like saint patty's day party or something so my now husband and i we were just uh, boyfriend and girlfriend back then went up to Hoboken and we visited him for the weekend and they did this party and it was like you know just getting wasted and playing beer pong and he put on the like music channel or he put on some channel but it was like all Drake all day we only listened to Drake okay and it was like we were probably in our mid to late 20s yeah it had to have been late 20s um and it was like only Drake and Drake got us through an entire day of day drinking. And it was like, great. Like the vibe of the party was up the entire time. And I feel like that was a turning point for me and my appreciation for Drake. <laughs> yeah. No. And I'm Wayne, like, I just, I feel like I just don't have, like, I just don't have a lot of like, like, I don't think, you know, Drake's not new anymore, but I just don't have like a lot of like love for, what I'm hearing these days. You got to go to the old guys. You got to go to the 40 year old guys. They're still, you know, the, the like I said, the Jada kisses, the, uh, the styles peas, the, the Royce, the five nines, uh, the push tease. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go to the, you got to go to the 40 year old dudes that are, that are still putting out consistent music. And uh, cause, cause we're now middle-aged. We are in that age group right about now. Super we need to hear- we need to hear about life after selling cocaine. <laughs> what happened then? Okay, we sold cocaine in the '90s and the 2000s. And then what are we doing? We we in a matter like that's what I love about Pusha T. Pusha T's married. Okay. You know he's he's married. He's happy. Uh, what's life like now? That's what I'm looking to hear. Oh, you know who I miss is Luda. Luda. Okay, so I was watching on Versus. Yes. Uh, 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 John Legend and Alicia Keys oh. versus on Friday. Yeah, 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 on Juneteenth. On Juneteenth, of course, and it was like everything to me. And y- you know, there's a um, John Legend's like the best you ever had song. Luda's on it, okay. And all of a sudden, you I see like you you see the comments streaming through on uh, Instagram Live. And I see Ludacris pop up and it's just like fire, 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 you know, like emojis. I'm like, Luda, like, 
where has he been? I think he settled down, but I'm just like, I wish he would put out more music. Luda did. We loved Luda in high school. Luda did the verses against Nelly a few weeks ago. He did? Yes. Oh, it was famous. It's the I most- saw the Jill Scott, Erica Badu one. I saw no. the Fred Hansen and the Kirk Franklin one. And no. I saw the one Friday, but I didn't see that one. This was the most famous verses besides the Teddy Riley baby face. You've seen the Teddy Riley baby face. No. So the Teddy Riley baby face was marred by technical difficulties. That's baby why there are all the Teddy Riley references making fun of John Legend. That explains a lot. So I, I, I didn't see the- Yeah. I came Teddy in Riley. late. Teddy Riley had multiple cameras set up where he was also trying to stream on his website, but also then stream to, to Instagram, but on Babyface's account. Okay. Was coming in and on Echo. Okay. And and he also had background dancers. So when he like started- Babyface is one though, right? Because Babyface is everything to me. So Teddy Riley's got all these cameras and these different microphones and the sound is not good and it's echoing to everyone that's watching. And in the first two songs, Teddy Riley has a background dancer, like legit background dancer, just like dancing in the background. Then they go to Babyface, and Babyface is legit just like this. And he plays just like a like a jam, let's make babies tonight R&B song. And then you just go, He's drinking champagne and it's just like classy baby face. Just like, oh, that's like nice. Chris Kardashian's bed. Like, <laughs> but the audio on Teddy Riley's feed was so bad they had to cancel it. They had to shut it down after like five songs. And you know what? Watching- that was probably good for him, honestly, because Babyface had nothing to prove. Well, it made a it made a meme out of Teddy. It made Teddy Riley a meme. No one had thought about Teddy Riley ever. I haven't seen so it. So now it was like, oh, Teddy Riley. And then they rescheduled it for like the following Monday or Tuesday. So they rescheduled it. And now everyone knows about Teddy Riley and has been studying Teddy Riley. And now Teddy Riley's ready to go. And it was a fine thing, but I was way drunker on the Saturday night for the original event when I was really pumped. Like me and my friends were dressed up in like suits and shit. Like we were ready to go. I was drinking out of a martini glass. It was a whole thing. It was different than Tuesday, but. It got the entire world like pumped up about it. So I like lived for Blackstreet too. So like I, I feel like I would have been into it. I'm I'm bummed. I like really missed the memo. But it's funny because there were so many like so there were so many Teddy Riley references about like John Legend's dance moves, and then there were a lot of people making fun of his sweatshirt too. And I was like peeing my pants, um, but I didn't really like fully get it. So, but the Nelly Luda. Nelly's internet was shit for the first 45 okay, okay. Hour and a half and Luda was ready like Luda had had been playing songs on his yeah. Instagram live for like 40 minutes just playing b-sides of what he wasn't going to play on the battle yeah. you and need a strategy for it like that yeah. was that's what's clear to me is like Alicia Keys had a strategy she well, was, was looking at it like around like if you played it I know, but like, if you play this, I'm going to play this. And this is like, and she knew to hold out to no one till the very end. And like, I felt, I feel like legend had a strategy too, but she did a lot more live singing. Right. And she had a lot more, she just is like very prolific. And it reminded me of a lot of songs I forgot about. So Alicia Keys did live singing. Yeah. Oh, see. Babyface did that too. When when Teddy Riley's feed got shut down, Babyface goes, 
well, I'm gonna break out a I'm gonna break out a guitar here and just play one of my white songs. And he played he Wait, just when played. can I see you again? Yes. Yeah. No, 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 that's the black what? song. Oh, it is? No, that's the black song. That's What's the, the white song that he sang? Change the world with Eric Clapton. Oh, I forgot about that one. That and is he just, a right. That's the thing about Babyface. Babyface has like 89 hits. Yeah. He, just, he just did change the world acoustic. 